right, I want to encourage you. Bring your Bibles the next few Wednesday nights. We're going to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is a product of me reading the one-year Bible. Now, I'm, I, I get ahead. I'm a little bit obsessive, a little bit obsessive. Those that are around me would say, yeah. Um, very systematic. I can't stand to not read, and I read ahead so that when I'm, if I miss a day, I don't feel like I've sinned. I mean, it's not a sin, but, you know, it's just that mindset that I have. But then I never miss a day, so I'll get ahead, and I get ahead, and I get ahead. So I am like in... Uh, September. So, fire me. Carl, go, just go ahead. You can fire me. Fire me. But 2 Corinthians, I was just reading. I, a lot of times I'll read while I'm exercising. And I just felt like the 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that the Lord was just, that the Holy Spirit was just speaking directly to me and to the church. So, I want to encourage you. Bring your Bibles, because your Bible's going to go home with you. Uh, get out your Bible app and and. Put highlights on it and go back to it and chew on it because a 20-minute, 30-minute message is not enough to sustain you. Take it and build off of it. Take what something, if the Holy Spirit speaks something to you as I'm preaching to you, hold on to that and take it with you and chew on it some more. I've had so many times a pastor speak on one message and me get something completely different. Might not even have had anything to do with what he was preaching about. But the Spirit of God was there speaking to my heart. Now, I could just leave it and forget about it, or I could take it home and build on what God's doing. So, as your pastor, I give God the right to speak directly into your heart. I mean, it's not that I can stop that. I'm not going to get in the way of you and God. But the authority that God's given me, Holy Spirit, fall in this place. He's given me an authority here, and I'm not trying to be goofy here, but just say, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, move in this place by your word, by your spirit, by your body, by your kingdom. So, open up your hearts to receive. And realize it may not come directly out of the words that I'm saying. It may be spoke directly into your heart. Now, open up your ears and open up your minds. Open up your eyes. Um, You know, I kind of just have this title just because I felt like I got to have a title. I don't want to say necessarily this is the title, but... I do spend a lot of my time as a pastor, as a father, as a leader, feeling unqualified. I had someone uh, ask me uh, for some advice today. And I'm like, why in the world are you asking me that? I don't have a clue. But I didn't say that out loud. Um, I just started praying. And, uh, you know, I believe that the Lord gives me what I need right at the time, that it gives that person what they need right at that time. And and sometimes I have to be that connection between heaven and what they're they're hearing. So, so many times I feel unqualified and I struggle feeling qualified so many times with the things that I face. And I want to ask you, do you, in your job, in your marriage, with your kids, uh, with your, in your church, Um, people asking you advice. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Do you know God that way? Don't just read over this. A lot of times Paul's just giving a little bit of an intro. Hey, this this is who we're focused on. 
Paul's saying, this is who we're focused on. Praise God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Who comforts in us all our troubles. Who comforts us in all our troubles. It's funny how one little switch of a word changes the whole sentence. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Now, as believers, this message is being spoken to believers, and I believe in this first statement in verse 3 and 4, Paul is saying, this word qualifies you to further his kingdom, to reach the people around you, to be able to share the good news. Now, you have news to share, but you have to share it. All, this, all we're going to see tonight is about sharing. And a sharing can go a couple different ways. But I want you to hear me that Paul is qualifying and encouraging the church. He's saying here, the father of compassion and the God of comfort, who comforts us? Who is the who? God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God your acceptance and following of Jesus as as well as your troubles qualify you who here has troubles you're qualified what do you mean it qualifies you God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Pastor, you already said it. I'm going to say it again. God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We comfort others with what we have been comforted with through what we've been through. It goes completely back to the restory sermon your story qualifies you to reach the world for Christ your story doesn't just reach them for Christ it comforts the world it comforts the hurting it comforts the beaten down it comforts the believer that has fallen your troubles and your walking through those troubles with Christ brings comfort to others you say, I don't know what to say. Share what you've been through. Just, just start sharing with them. We're going to see it as we keep going. You are qualified. Verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. I don't, I don't know if you can catch this. But we go back to that uh, Sir Isaac Newton comment uh, that with every action comes an equal reaction. Uh, I didn't say that exactly right, but you know the... Thank you. But can you see what happens? That when, when we are sharing in the sufferings, meaning we are serving Christ, following Christ, but in that in that walking out with the Lord, really, church, this is how to walk out your salvation, how to walk out your, your walk with Christ, because suffering's going to come. 
as we suffer with Christ, Christ comforts us. What I can see here is that when I see a challenge, then what has to come with that, as long as I am in Christ, covered in Christ, by the blood, inside the doors, if y'all have been hearing me about teaching on the blood of Jesus, comfort will come. And it will be directly from God. God, my comforter, will comfort me. He will. It comes when I share in the sufferings of Christ. But I believe that that also means that I share. I share with others what I'm walking through and how God has abundantly brought me through it. All I can remember really right now is what I'm facing. I don't necessarily even remember all the hard things I've been through. I have to go back and think, what did I get through? Oh my gosh, look what you did. I can get through this. What happens when I go back and I relive what God's done? I get comfort, I get strength, I get courage, and I can get through this again. When I share it with you, how many of you have ever shared your story with someone and you're the one that wound up getting built back up? Why? Because Christ is kicking in and comforting you. He's like, boy. Yeah, that's it. Do that some more. You, even, though you, you, even though something's going on in you, something's going on in them. Uh, you, are, you have just opened the door for me to move in their life. That is what I bring. That is what you bring with what you have suffered through. Suffering brings comfort. Sharing brings comfort. Verse 6. I love this. Try try your best to, to hang in there with me. If we are distressed, now I want you to know these are two different, two different groups. Because when it goes to your comfort, it's a different group than the we. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort. Do you see? Me and Justin are standing here saying, if we are distressed, it's for your comfort. And that's not because we're both pastors. Me and Judy and John are standing together. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort. Do you see that? Am I, am I just wasting, I mean, I'm not wasting my time, but we got to see two different parties here. It's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces a new patient endurance for the same suffering we suffer. So what's that saying? If you're distressed, comfort and salvation will follow. Comfort comes to produce a patient endurance to face the next thing. If you're distressed, comfort will come. We just saw it from the previous scripture that if we're suffering, we will be comforted with the comfort of Christ. If we are suffering with Christ, we'll be comforted by Christ. If that comfort comes, it will produce a patient endurance to face what you're facing. Which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. We don't just get beat down just for the sake of getting beat down. We get built up. We get comforted and we get built up to be able to face something bigger and more challenging. And as we grow, it fills the tank so you're not empty when new challenges show up. Woohoo! 
I can't afford for my tank to be empty because a hill shows up immediately. Hearing someone else is distressed, now I want you to catch this. If we're distressed, if I'm distressed, it brings you comfort. I'm like, wait a minute. My pain helps someone else? I mean, I'm, I'm distressed. I'm still in that area. But my distress brings you comfort. If I will share, I, I think that there is something, I think, have you ever showed up to church and think you, were, you had the worst case of life, period, until someone else next to you shared? Like, oh, there's this worse, mine's better. I kind of feel a little bit better about my condition. I'm not in that condition. What's just happened? You've gotten comforted by their distress. When you share, it brings comfort. And what follows that is the comfort of Christ. When you share, when, if we are distressed, it brings comfort. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and your salvation. I believe sometimes that the challenges that I'm going through positions me for someone unsaved to be saved. But it produces in you a patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. That's why married couples that are failing need to talk to people that have had failing marriages that have recovered. Because it will produce in them a patient endurance for the same suffering that the person sharing with them has had. All of a sudden, hey, my marriage is not dead. It can come out. To be honest with you, they were way worse off than we are. Let's pull up our big boy pants, as Zach said Sunday, and let's take care of business. Sharing is the key. Hearing people who are comforted brings comfort. So we don't have to just hear the distressing conversations. Hey, I needed to share with you every terrible thing's ever happened to me because you need comforted. No, those that have been comforted bring comfort. Do you see that? If we are comforted, it's for your comfort. I love to hear, I love to hear of success stories. I love to hear of people over, climbing Mount Everest, having those kinds of moments. Because I'm trying to climb one. Aren't you? Not only am I battling challenges, but I'm also facing great challenges that I want to overcome and do well. Not, all of our challenges aren't necessarily negative. Some of them are big, big goals that we're trying to reach. And sometimes I just need someone to say, I've done that. It can be done. Comfort brings comfort. Can you see, without relationship connection, none of this happens. Playing some church game and say, hey, how's it going? Good, the weather's good, yeah, it's hot, yeah, okay. Good to see you, see you Sunday, see you next week. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And what can come is not only comfort but salvation. And it's not just lost people that need saved. Saved people need saved. 
spirit-filled, full of the Holy Ghost, loving Jesus people need saved. We've all got challenges that are just facing us that want to take us out. Look at this next scripture, verse 7. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. I believe that I can genuinely say to you that my hope for you is firm. I have no doubt that what you're facing, that you can handle it. I have no doubt. I know that y'all can sit there and think, man, he's so full of it. That's Satan just trying to talk you out of making it to the top of your mountain. My hope is so strong for you. I want you to know our staff, our deacon board, this church, we are, we, our, our hope for you is just awesome. I have seen God do too many things to not believe that he can't work through you because he can work through me. And if he can work through me, he can work through anybody. I, I, wish, I wish you could you could be like the movie Inside Out and you could literally see what I'm thinking. You could really hear what's really going on in my mind because I, I really believe that if he can do it in me, he can do it in you. My hope is firm in you. And I want you to know that God's belief in you is firm. God's belief in you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so you share in our comfort. If you are suffering with Jesus, comfort will follow. If you hang around, and you know what I believe that this is saying is, even if a lost person starts coming in here and we start sharing, they're still lost, don't know the Lord. But I believe what this scripture is saying to us, that if you'll just hang around and share, share in the suffering that we're going through, talk to us, comfort's going to come to you. Jesus' comfort is going to come to you. And I believe that as we're all together and all these blessings are starting to be poured out, it can't miss the unsaved person. God will begin to bless them and to begin to comfort them, and they can't explain that hole being filled up. And you know what? It's happened by us not beating them with the Bible and telling them what they're doing wrong. We're just sharing with them what we've gone through. Sharing what you've gone through and how you've overcame. And that will get off onto them. I think we've gotten it completely backwards on how we're supposed to evangelize. I think we've missed it in, in a big way. But, but our game's not over. There's still time on the clock. Verse 8. Almost done. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the trouble we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. 
so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Anybody feel like they're at the end of the rope? Good. You're almost there. You need to get to the end and let go. If you keep hanging on with everything you've got, you're going to just continue to stay within your own power, and that's not good. But we need to be informed that everyone is under incredible pressure. The person in your Sunday school class, the person that you walk with every day, the the person in your job, your boss, the people under you, your kids, are under incredible pressure. Too much pressure. Pressure that you can't take. Pushed to the end, to the death. We felt we had received the sentence of death. But it's only at death that we can live. Because God raises the dead, we must die that he would live. We must not rely on ourselves but on God. And that is so hard. I, I, I want you to know that as we completely rely on God, we still have a part to play. We still have to work. We still have to get after the things that we're doing and be passionate and work hard and be diligent. But make sure that we stay at the end of that robe, completely relying on the Lord. If not, you know, it's a good telltale sign that if you get pushed to that limit, that you're hanging on. you're hanging on. And you need to let go. If you're white knuckling everything and feeling like you're just at at the brink of death at every turn. You're holding the world up by your shoulders and you need to let it go. You were never called to do that. We are called to work hard. We do have a part to play. But not to do God's job for him. We must die that he would live and not rely on ourselves. You are pushed to your end on purpose, for a purpose. I think, we can, I, think I can see as you and I walked through the last, you know, I continue to go back to 2012, why we were pushed to that point was to let go and to let God. And it's incredible, and let me tell you, it hurts. If you, to get to the end of your rope hurts. But, but when God starts to show up, you, start to, you, you can realize, I had that all wrong. God, you were never not with me. You were always with me. And you paid every price to take care of me. And you will let me go all the way to the end to make sure that you take care of me. I'm telling you, God's a good God and he's for real. And he, he desires to comfort you and to rescue you. And to not just rescue you, but to get you, get you on his shoulders. Can y'all remember riding on your parents' shoulders? We can't remember it. That should be a memory. That's really a, that's really a thought that we should have with the Lord. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
Not his yoke is a sentence of death that we get pushed to the end and feel like we're going to drown. No. Get on his shoulders. Come on up here. I'm almost done. No, give me just a second. Verse 10, my last scripture. It's the best one. He's delivered us from such stuff, he'll do it again. He's delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, and as you help us by your prayers, as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor God granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Do you remember what he's done? Why did the children of Israel set up stones as they walked by? Because they were about to face a bunch more giants again. And whoa, 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 what happened here? Oh, yeah, let me tell you, God's great. I don't even see how big that Goliath is anymore. David didn't even see the giant. He just heard the words that didn't agree with, him, with God's word. I don't care how big he is. Let me have your... Let me have your uniform. That doesn't work. Let me have your weapons. I can't use that. Just give me my rock. I'll go out and I'll take care of this guy. You don't know how big he is. I don't care how big he is. You don't know God. Let me show you God. That's that sharing in the comfort. That's that sharing of your troubles. Let me tell you, God can deliver you. God can, but I must share it. I have to share it. It will build my strength and my faith and my comfort. It will build yours. The lost or the saved. It's a good point. Good, good time to stop right there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Can, let's see. Can you go back to that nine? I can. Oh, you control it. Um, so, I have a story. Um, I feel like I always have a story, but the Lord, I feel like he speaks to me in, you know, odd ways. I don't know. I think it's odd, but it's odd. But I do want to tell you, I think that we comfort out of our pain. You know, where we've been comforted, it's so true. And I feel like that's really been my life verse. I don't know. I could say I have several life verses, but I think that this is one of them because you realize my purpose you know, in what I've walked through is to share. Like, that's what God's doing. Um, but I, I want to share a story with you from today. I haven't even been able to share this with you yet today. So, brace oh, yourself. this is going to be good. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so, um, I was thinking about that um, verse 9, um, that we don't rely on ourselves, but on God. Who raises the dead, by the way? but that we don't rely on ourselves. And so today I'm sitting in class. Um, Wednesdays I go to class. Um, and I was in class this morning from 9.20 to 10 till 3. It's a long class lecture the whole time. 30-minute lunch break. So having said all of that, I'm in my third um, course of statistics, 
which has been mind-blowing, and I've survived. This is it. After this, I get to switch from quantitative research to qualitative, and I'm really excited about that, to say the least. Um, but what I want to tell you is my professor said something very profound today, which I thought could be a sermon, and of course he wasn't trying to give a sermon. Um, but he jokes around with us a lot, and he says the term to us, and this is a group of PhD students. Um, I'm in over my head, by the way. Um, I feel like I am. I'm, I'm there because I'm a hard worker. That's what I always say, I'm a hard worker. Um, so I'm sitting there, and this is a group of very smart, intelligent people, and he said, you're sophisticated now. And he used to tell us, we had him for the first class, the second class I had my mind blown by someone else, and now I have him again. So the first class he would say to us, when we said the wrong thing, he would say, you need to stop saying that, you've got to talk the talk and walk the walk. Your PhD students now. And he didn't put up with a whole lot. But he says to us now, this morning, you're sophisticated in statistics. Well, I've never had anybody tell me I'm sophisticated in statistics. And I can tell you, I really don't feel very sophisticated in statistics. But needless to say, he said this this morning. And he said, but what I want you to remember is I want you to know enough to know to ask for help. And when he said that, he said, you know, there's a lot of bad research out there. There's a lot of write-ups that are done poorly. And you read it, and he said, y'all are going to be able to know now, be able to recognize maybe that it was done poorly, or point out some of the flaws. He said, but what I want you to know when it's your turn to write, that you know enough to ask for help, that you know when you need to hire a statistician to give you advice. And you know what I thought? I thought about the Lord. I thought, you know what? I know where my help comes from. And not to say that someday I might need to, you know, have a statistician help me because I might just need that. But I know where my help comes from. And it reminded me today that I think that we all need to remember that we need to know enough to know that we need to ask for help. And so I think that in reality, it's a really good place to be. When we say, you know what, I need help. I need help. And this is a good place to be. I know enough. In a way, it's, it, we can just kind of rejoice in that, can't we? I know where my hope comes from. And I know I can't do it on my own. And I know that I need help. And you know what, when we receive that help, and this is how I'm going to loop it back to what you're saying, is that when we're comforted, you know what? Because we've all walked through stuff. And when we're comforted and when we're helped, guess what? We have a message and we have a hope. And we say, you know what? God brought me through it. And he's going to bring you through it. I know where my help comes from. So know enough today. That's where I am today. I know enough to know that I need help. I do know that. I know that. Do you know that? We need help, don't we? I need help. I need help. It's a good place to be. And I know where my help comes from. So, praise the Lord. It's really maturity. An immature person won't ask for help. It's true. And that sounds so backwards because we think we have to do this all on our own. But I want to tell you, do you know who the comforter is? It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the, the Holy Spirit will lead us to? 
truth. He'll lead us to truth. And all we have to do is ask. The Lord says, all you have to do is ask. And I'll give that to you. So I want to encourage you. Ask for help. But the message of tonight is to share your story. Go back and remember what God's done for your own comfort and then share that with someone else for their comfort. It will bring you comfort. Amen? Is that a good equipping for the church? You're qualified. Amen. Let's pray.